0: This isn't the podcast you're looking for. I would like to find me to take you on a strange journey.
1: To Nine cents, people. Nine cents is a satanic perspective of our modern world, and I'm your host, Adam Campbell. It is great to have you. It is August thirtieth, and holy fuck, do I have a great show for you! If and you like Star Wars, I'm being joined by Cameron and Dorian. You guys uh, have uh, heard Dorian on the show before. This is the first time we've had Cameron on. Welcome, man. Yeah, welcome. <laughs> so I, I got to let people know really quick. I it, as, first of all, Cameron is a Satanist in Salt Lake City-ish area, and this podcast is how uh, we got connected, right? You you uh, tuned in and, and <laughs> heard me. That preaching. is true. I uh,
2: saw a post on Facebook about your beer, made a smart, smart-ass comment about you sharing it with me, and then we met, and we came <laughs> here, and it was great.
0: Oh, so it was a delivery thing then. <laughs>
1: I got to oh. tell you, uh, anyone listening, if you ever want to get together, just ask and uh, I have no problems uh, connecting up with people. We were just fortunate that we got along. I mean, it could have been really fucking awkward and weird, especially if oh, yeah. you were, as I feared, a, a satanic rapist. <laughs> <laughs> Hoping feared, you know, it's that whole yeah, I don't well, want to be raped, back. but I kind of want to be. No, <laughs> that's, that's kind of where
2: I was like is it gonna happen is it not should i prepare uh, we'll see how the night goes i mean you have to trim
1: just in case well because yeah, you don't want to be caught <laughs> off guard with a big hairy you know like uh, endor sized bush it's i'm gonna keep trying to pull it back to star wars <laughs> gotcha. I, I before we start really quick i i want to let everyone know if you're tuning into this week's nine cents expecting a traditional episode you are going to be wildly disappointed this is the fifth episode in the month of august you've had four episodes of traditional nine cents and for the next uh, almost almost a full year, each fifth episode is going to be centered around the idea of Star Wars. And I'm going to go in depth of that, into that uh, really quick with schedules and, you know, topics and stuff like that. Uh, But just so you know, I don't want you to sit through this thinking and expecting it to be a traditional episode. I do have a ton of nonsense letters. I'm going to totally skip them this week. I have a ton of uh, contributor content that I'm completely skipping this week, simply because... Uh, you know, we're leading up to a really exciting movie for those of us who consider ourselves Star Wars geeks, um, and yeah. you know things that we're fans of. And so, I I would like to uh, have a, a bit of a nine cents uh, Star Wars experience, and we will be touching on how it relates to Star Wars. And in fact, you know, this is a really good place for me to go over what this episode is going to be about. We're gonna start with, as I mentioned just a moment ago, um, the schedule. So this is gonna be Star Wars episodes of Nine Cents, and it's gonna go all the way through May 2016. Um, We're gonna talk about, in the next segment, why we love Star Wars, how Star Wars is representative of satanic themes, and how we individually connect with Star Wars. So again, if you do not like Star Wars, or you do not wanna hear us geek out, Tune in next week. We will have a traditional episode for you. Uh, I hope that you do continue to tune in. And (laughs) find your lack
0: of faith disturbing. (laughs) It's going to be so
1: bad. people. Yeah. Um, Before we dive in proper here, I I do want to touch on uh, some quick notes Again, next week is going to be a traditional episode, so if you're looking for that, tune in. And this week, I'm releasing the next 9 Sense Presents Satanists on Satanic Cinema episode, Carnival of Souls. And this is with Witch Zaftig and Magister David Harris. This is a fantastic episode, and I, I was putting the trailer together, which I'm going to be releasing uh, tomorrow... And we have, I I didn't even think about it during it, but we have this really great back and forth where we each play off of each other. It's a really great episode. Uh, So I I highly suggest everyone check out the trailer. And if you like that sort of thing, definitely pick up the episode. It's like 99 cents on most outlets um, and a dollar 99 on some others. Um, Okay, so there is also an entire backlog of episodes of Satanists on Satanic Cinema. Of course, the most recently released, Rosemary's Baby with Aaron Casavall and our guest here, Dorian Gray. Yeah. Um, So that is still available. I, I had so much fun during
0: that episode. You guys should definitely check it out. Dorian is fantastic in it. It was a blast, and yeah, uh, the if you get it on uh, Amazon on your phone, yeah, they're only ninety nine cents, and yes, it's so I mean cheap. it's a long it's like that one's like two and a half hours long or something. So. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah,
1: some of them don't even break two hours, but some of them go way way past it, and it's just because this show and then our banter. I mean, we we want to yeah. provide something of value to you guys, but also we want to enjoy ourselves, and and that just that's just comes with the territory. Uh, some of the other past episodes that you can check out: Horror Hotel with Magistra Peggy Dramia, The Ninth Gate with Warlock Storm and Satanist G.R. Tarina Blue Velvet with David Ingram and Matt Ingram and of course there's the free episode, The Brotherhood of Satan with Magister (laughs) Magi Paradise and Magister Bill M. And that is the perfect introduction of of what you can expect. Now, the reason why that episode was free is because you could hear some of the movie in the background and so I can't charge for that. Uh. Uh, So because of a technical error, you guys get it free, but you get to see (laughs) what these episodes are like for free. So go check it out The Brotherhood of Satan and then pick up the rest as they are released um, and again we have in the uh i don't know the the production phase uh, actually this is the first time i've ever officially announced it though i teased it Ooh. before uh willy Wonkin the chocolate factory yeah oh. i heard about that one nice that's going to be a kick-ass episode it is with heather height and John Shaw. So definitely look forward to that. Um, Really, really good episode as well. Alright, so let's talk a little bit Star Wars here, people. Uh, Let's jump into, uh, you know, the schedule that we're going to be moving (laughs) forward in. If you only knew the power of the dark side. Okay, first, uh, you know, I, I reached out to both of you, uh, individuals, because of our shared. Um, love of this monster of you know that we know as Star Wars this this Frankenstein still growing yeah it seems to have legs through generations um, we're gonna be breaking this out into four distinct episodes so today of course why we love Star Wars and how it is representative satanic themes or ideas uh, the next episode is gonna be November 29th just before the release of the actual movie itself we're gonna talk about the hero's journey in Star Wars and how that relates to a Satanist's identity. So that's going to be a very, very interesting episode. Mm-hmm. Of course, after mm-hmm. the new or movie is released, January 31st, 2016, we're going to talk about the light and dark side of the force and how it relates to Satanic themes. Again, we're always going to be pulling these back to Satanism, and the re- really the reason is is because these are two shared passions. Uh, Satanism is, is a part of who we are, it's not something we necessarily um, uh, champion in our regular lives you know you can't really do it at work in some cases and some people don't ever even mention to anyone else that they are in fact Satanists but it is a part of a core of who and what you are well you can Star extrapolate Wars. our love of Star Wars to anything, whether it's uh, uh, historical fiction, maybe uh, history, uh, art, um, any movie series, any anything that you are passionate about. Maybe it's beer or wine or cake uh you can take you, you can take what we're doing here with star wars and insert any passion that you have and it should coincide pretty pretty simply with some of the ideas that we're going to be uh discussing here and that you is you can um,
0: even call yourself a jediathist
2: <laughs> <laughs> i i actually know a couple of people that are part of the jedi religion and so. what Uh, That's a real thing.
1: I want to get into that in just a second. Um, (laughs) Let me me finish this really quick. Um, And so we're obviously going to close this out May 29th, not for any particular reason, just because that's, you know, it's way the fuck far off. We may continue going further, but for now we're only planning these four episodes. And in that last episode, it's going to be iconic characters of Star Wars and their satanic expressions. Uh, Some obvious ones and maybe some not so obvious ones you didn't think of before. But again, that's months and months away so let's focus on where we are right now and uh let's uh do a little why we love cellars.
2: hey there doll why don't you be a good girl and take a few clams and run on down over the high satanist and pick us up a couple of those sterling cellar of everyone's been buzzing about i hear that the bees knees are i right go ahead and take a gander at those led wall blacks from what i hear that guy over there is hitting on all sixes a real nifty fellow he is listen here don't go over to those sappy ragamuffin knockoffs i'm with the real mccoy you got me so do the right thing and now you're on the trail, you hear? Remember, I say this. that's I Satanist, I say. They're on the up and up. Now scram, get a wiggle on, kid, you bother me.
0: We would be honored if you would join us. Where do we start? <laughs>
1: I don't know, but I'm going to start with you, Dorian. Why do you love Star Wars? And and maybe start with when were you first introduced to it and and, uh, how did you react to that?
0: Well, and I think that probably has a lot to do with it because um, when Star Wars first came out in 77, I was five years old and saw it uh, several times on the big screen. And, you know, I think... You gotta you gotta kind of look at you know, the times and what was happening not only in the world but even in movies and stuff and what was what was cool what was popular sci-fi wasn't that big then um, and so I think as a child especially you know, one of your most impressionable ages to uh, to see this massive uh, production on screen it just captures your imagination so much you know so uh, it's I'm not sure. Uh, I mean, I know that I know that Star Wars appeals to to all ages and stuff, but I, I don't know if uh, if I'd have seen the original. If if the original came out today, I don't know if it would have the same impact, you know. So I mean, I think that young impressionable age has a lot to do with it, um, and like I said, the time and everything, you know. But of course, you know, yeah. For me, I, right away, I mean, you know. As a kid, I had every, every Star Wars toy. I wish I, oh God, I wish I still had all that stuff. Uh, the original stuff, you know, I mean, so much. And, and uh, you know, just, I think it's one of those things that it just, it never got old for me. You know, as a, a matter of fact, um, even a little bit, a little bit older, like, you know, 10, 11 years old, uh, my favorite toy back then was uh, was tape recorders making songs or skits, you know. Hmm. And uh, we didn't have a VCR yet, but we had uh, uh, Star Wars was on TV and I recorded. Uh, the audio. I just my tape recorder next to the TV and recorded the whole movie. And when I would go to bed at night, I would listen to the audio track of the Star Wars movies. So I mean, yeah, I, I had so, it memorized long time ago, you know. So wow.
2: that's
0: awesome.
2: Yeah. yeah. Well, what about you, Cameron? <laughs> oh, let's see. Like I, I of course wasn't around when the original release was released, unfortunately. But um, just it. A lot of my family, they were always really big into it. Like, I'm surrounded by nothing but nerds. Mm -hmm. So from an early age, it was instilled in me. I always had toys and stuff. Like, love, 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 love Power of the Force series. Just amazing. Um, Yeah, I just was watching it since a child. And uh, really what did it for me was when I had the chance to see the re-releases um, and then found out after that, that there were books, and oh God, that was the <laughs> <right there. Yeah. laughs> It's like, oh, Star Wars book? I'll, I'll give it a shot. And now my bookcases are falling. Oh, yeah. Covering or holding everything up. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I want to um, ask you a little bit more about that. Did you see any of the movies in the theater, the original release of the movies, like even Return of the Jedi in
2: the theater? Um, when they did do the re-release back in what was it 94 was 90- 97 wasn't it? Wasn't it? Oh yeah, 97. Yeah, 94 was the Yeah, okay. Sorry. Um yeah, I did get a chance to at least go see Empire. Um, I didn't get a chance to go see everything else, but yeah, hmm. uh, at least I saw Empire and the best film ever made in the history of ever, so I'm okay. What would be I'm- Okay, What's so that?
1: I mean, I I actually saw the uh, the only one I saw in the theater was Jedi. Um, when it was originally released, and then everything else, you know, all the re-releases, I took my now wife, my girlfriend at the time, to see and um, bitch about or champion the changes <laughs> that it made, depending on which ones it were. The explosions were awesome! Uh, those were great, um, but everything else was a little bit weird. So, but for me, it was, again, the reason why I love it, it's because it harkens back to this time of innocence in my life. You know, I, I vividly remember playing with these amazing toys and getting these little sets and reenacting these stories um, that, you know... <laughs> I mean, I would even reenact them. Like, my sisters would have, like, a bunch of Barbies and my, my little... Wait, what is it? Shortcake? I don't know. There's, like, these yeah. little <laughs> toys that these girls had. And, I, you know, I would be the boy and they would be the girls and we'd reenact, you know, the, the movies through this just mix of anything. And it was just the idea of... Um, Epic drama in a, a regularly mundane, banal existence. You know, I mean, there was right, yeah. there was excitement happening, and and there was things that you know, true sorrow. I mean, people would lose freaking limbs and threats of death, and some people did die, and and you yeah. know, depending on where you were in the movies at the time, and and huge changes in and i don't know the, the I, there was this really weird moment when i first saw empire the first time i connected really really strongly with that dynamic of of Luke not knowing his father because I grew up with my mm. my real dad being absent. And so I just sort of connected with that, that idea. You know, as a young man, you always latch on to anything that is remotely um, liked in your, in, you know, similar in your life, um, especially yeah. with something that you're excited about, like Star Wars, for example. And so, you know, when he found out his, his uh, father, you know, spoiler alert for all you geeks who've never <laughs> actually seen the movie. You're <laughs> Damn you me. if you've never, if you don't know this, it's per- permeated world culture right now. But, uh. Yeah, you know when Darth Vader let him know that you know he's his dad I was like what the fuck is I and like it really blew me away as a kid and I started like latching on to the idea that was the first time I ever latched on to really loving what in popular culture could be seen as the bad thing yeah and maybe it was because of my own personal life experience up to that date maybe it was because of something else that was dormant in me satanism that i didn't understand at the time but for whatever reason i immediately connected with this darker side of the world and not darker as in i want to kill things but just that's where my this is gonna sound really stupid that's where my heart was with it you know Mm -hmm. i i I identified with Luke, but then I connected with Vader. And from that moment on, man, it's been downhill. <laughs> well,
2: like at that moment, and, and, he becomes human. Like yeah. You don't see just a mask. You, th- There's a person there.
0: Yeah, but you almost don't believe him when he says it too. You know, you always, at first, when you first see it and you don't have the uh, prequels, you know, like even even James Earl Jones said when he was reading the script for it, he's like, oh, that's, it's a lie. It's, you know, Vader's lying to him or something, you know. Yeah. And, you know it's just kind of a it i don't know for me it took a while to like you know vader's a perfect example of like what you were just saying Adam about latching onto the to the dark side or to just to the villain like there's nothing else in popular culture nearly as big uh, as far as being uh, attracted to the enemy as star wars i mm-hmm. mean this is somebody who if it was if it were to be real had murdered more people than hitler and when we <laughs> love him we yeah love, that's you know, weird we right? lunch spots is for our five-year-old kids of uh, darth vader commercials <laughs> where the kids dress up like vader and he murders people and we love him you know so <laughs> he's strange, got a but...
2: shiny sword and a cape i mean what's not <laughs> exactly <long>? <laughs> that way yeah. yeah. <laughs> can, can I get
1: impressions of you guys? The first time that you've ever seen, did, did you both see um, Star Wars, you know, which I think would later be called A New Hope, but didn't it just come out as Star Wars? It just came yeah. out as Star Wars. Yeah. So when Star Wars was first released and Vader first comes into scene in that first, I don't know if it's like five or ten minutes, um, what were your impressions of him? Like they pretty simply set it up as this is the bad guy, but you yeah, are yeah. pretty
0: drawn, right? Well, and, and if you look at the uh, – especially 1977, but if you look at this this ship hallway that he comes through, this ship is pristine white. All the stormtroopers are pure white. There's smoke that's white. And this jar- dark black figure walks through, taller than everybody, and just mm-hmm. confidently strolls through, no caution about him. You know, yeah, you, you – you zoom in, you instantly feel that he's a bad guy, but you're also instantly drawn to him, you know. And and oh, which I guess we're gonna get into, but I mean as far as satanic themes, I mean, yeah, he the presence is drawn right to him, you know.
2: Uh, I, I just remember holding my breath for the longest time when I first <laughs> saw it. It was just shock and awe, like, oh that guy's amazing. And his power before I even I mean, of course, you know, little kid didn't quite grasp everything, but it's like oh, Yeah. This guy <laughs> There's something about him.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's a trip. I mean, I I wanted to touch on something that you had mentioned um, a little bit before, Dorian, uh, in your initial exposure, and that's the time that it was released. You know, Mm -hmm. sci-fi up until that, Star Wars was released was like Flash Gordon. I mean it was yeah. like strings and wires and of course Star Wars was too but they hit it. They they took extra time to yeah. set the scene and so the sets themselves were so realistic for the the time. I think that has a lot to do with it as well. And and especially, you know, just the filmmaking aspect of it, it 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 went so far beyond what had come before it. It was Absolutely. like the iPhone of its day. You know, it was just like, what the fuck? I don't understand what this is. This is amazing. And you just immediately connect with it. And then, you know, of course, everyone else picks up and, and copies it and repackages it and, and tries to do their thing. But yeah, I'm not entirely sure anyone ever caught the... I, I cannot think of any movie that has that has had the impact um, not, let, you know, ignore Star Wars as the Star Wars, Wars franchise, but just as the idea of a movie making a cultural impact. I can't think of one that's come close. No,
0: not even not close, even, no. Yeah. And anyone who's ever made um, a, a sci-fi, a fantasy, or especially, I mean, dealing with with large ships and, and motion in space uh, has had to take lessons from I mean, I think before... Before Star Wars, you could you could say two thousand one, um, but that that's a I mean that's about it really. Like you know George Lucas kind of wrote the book and and started uh, Industrial Light and Magic and and you know the opening scene in Star Wars when the ships come overhead mm-hmm. um, on the onto the screen and it just goes on and on and on and that was something just amazing to see you know because you really get a feeling it doesn't feel like a ship on a wire it feels like this massive thing going over you
1: yeah Uh, that's actually one of the reasons why i really connect with it as a kid because there was tons of documentary footage that was released after you know just for me growing up you know they'd have all the hasbro toy commercials that you would always see but then every once in a while i'd catch like a behind the scenes you know the making of star wars And it was literally like adults playing with toys. Like all of these were just little models and they were using cameras in order to get the dimension and scale. And so it was a literal extension to me playing with the toys. I was making the movie and it made it so much more real being able to have that behind the scenes experience of seeing how they made it. And then me translating that to making my own you know, moving on. I mean, yeah, you know, exactly. I, I would write stories as a kid. You know, what happens next in the Star Wars universe, and and just reenacting the existing worlds. And I had just tons of toys, and it was really great. Um, so let's talk toys here, people. Let's talk. Uh, let's talk <laughs> uh, things. What is throughout the history of your experience with Star Wars? What is your most uh, Whether you have it now or not is irrelevant. But at the time, what was the most – your most favorite toy or whatever it was or collectible or whatever?
0: Well, for me, it was the first Millennium Falcon. um, (laughs) Yeah. Which – I mean, yeah, who doesn't love that? But I uh, I actually – in order to move from Indiana to – Los Angeles. I sold all my Star Wars stuff, and I had an original Millennium Falcon. Damn, with the oh. box and everything. I, I sold all that stuff uh, to, to help my daughter out. So, <laughs> good dad. I sold my child yeah. before that. Yeah. Good thing
2: I don't have. children I've considered I considered it, but you know,
0: <laughs> way I figure it is. Uh, you know, if she makes, if she uh, she gets famous and gets in some movies, then she can buy it all back for me. Uh, so.
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> I I think that is
1: important, too, because there's there's a distinct difference between and I want to get to you, Cameron, here just shortly. Um, There's a distinct difference between people who are passionate about this, but that are willing to let it go for their own life experience rather than people who would just grip it till death. Like I will. It's not you know,
0: easy, I'll tell you. I loved, loved having my own room where I had, I had you know all the toys. Uh, just I'm looking at Cameron's package here with. Or, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Hello. What the Cameron's, hell? Let Cameron's, me get back on camera. Sure. With his action figures packaged on the wall, um, and and you know I had the same thing. I had a wall covered with you know walls covered with uh, you know all the toys still packaged and and you know you just love displaying that you know and and uh yeah it kind of it hey, it sucks to let it go but yeah. yeah i mean do what you gotta do but yeah the falcon definitely falcon in any any toy model anything having a collection of millennium falcons is is the best for me <laughs> what about you cameron
2: uh, for me, it was definitely my um, add-out walker thing that was like two feet tall. Oh, you
1: had one of those! Holy uh, shit! I
2: did. <laughs> I did. I was so pissed too. Like that that's thing. so cool. Uh, uh, truth be told, it was really bad. Like I used to sleep with it. Whoa. It was essentially like a dog for me. And of course, I've always had dogs, so that was a little weird. But yeah, then. <laughs> little Star Wars. I, I, yeah, I had it for years. And then my brother decided that he wanted to break it in half, and I just haven't got one sense. And and that's when heart. you killed him. I should uh, I have. <laughs> <laughs> I did 25
1: years in the pen for that forced joke. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Why aren't you dying? Ah! Works so well in the movies. Um all right, so before we go to the next thing, let me let me drop mine here. I I had a, a bunch of the sets. Like I had the Haas set, the Yoda Dagobah set, I had the um uh the um oh, fuck, what is it called? The the Ewok Village and stuff like that. But I think my favorite was the um Orc. the Rancor, thank you. I Like the leg, my sisters ripped the leg off just to watch me cry. <laughs> and my mom took one of my elastic bands of my, one of my tidy whities and put it back together. And it was like the greatest toy. Like, I loved that monster. Again, you know, I, I connected so much with the monsters and the dark element of it. It was just, I, I couldn't, I had a Millennium Falcon and it, at the time it was amazing. But I got to say, man, that Rancor was a... Uh, I I cried like a baby when my sisters ripped his leg off. It was like, why world? <laughs> how could this happen? It was awesome. Um, yeah. All right, let's uh, let's move into the next segment here. How Star Wars is representative of satanic themes.
2: Did you ever want to sell your soul to the devil? Have all your wildest dreams become reality? Just sign and blood on the dotted line. Of course, not everyone can find the crossroads, so let me make it easy for you. Tune in every month to Nine Cents, and I'll bring you down to the crossroads. We'll discuss the blues, the devil, and everything in between. Down to the crossroads with your host, Aaron Cassavaugh, every month only on nine cents <laughs>
0: is a great disturbance in the force.
1: Who wants to start this off? Who has an idea first here?
0: Um, I can, if you want. I have an idea. Um, I, I think that the number one thing, as far as, you know, uh, satanic themes, as far as Star Wars, aesthetics aesthetics I think is number one I think when you look I mean I, it's got to be one of our appeals to um, to the Empire and to the dark side is they they look badass yeah. <laughs> they look sharp you know that whether it's a stormtrooper whether it's um, you know any of the uh, officers in their dark suits, uh, you know and and they continue that they're so good about continuing that through everything even the emperor's uh, personal guard is you know with the with the stark red outfits you know and um I think that is obviously I mean as, as Satanists, you know we we put aesthetics pretty high and uh Star Wars was really good about maintaining that and and I think that's a big part of that draw to why we love those villains so much is they look badass. <laughs>
1: definitely I I want to touch on that just a little bit more I mean when George Lucas was putting these films together you know he was influenced by World War II Uh, Mm -hmm. you know you can say that there's a pretty strong connection between the Empire and Nazi Germany yeah especially in the outfits and is, did you guys ever make that connection as kids, or as young men? Was that ever weird for you, saying, I, 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 identif- I like this aesthetic, but what it represents, oh my fucking, you know, holy hell.
0: I don't think I really caught on to that until I was maybe a little bit older. Uh, and by then it didn't matter. You weren't going to change my mind about Star Wars. You know? <laughs> yeah. But I mean, yeah, I mean as a as a kid first seeing it, yeah, it that's not really something that necessarily and I I certainly didn't associate it with Nazi Germany. You know, I didn't really know that much about it as a little kid other than there was a war and the bad guys were the Nazis, you know. Yeah. But uh but I mean it, there it does create a presence where uh, as far as movies go, um, there's a clear definition of who is the bad guys, and you know I'm sure you know with with, with George uh, kind of overseeing the creation and everything, then you know he had to look for that aesthetic, and you know what about this uniform? Like a stormtrooper's uniform is pure white, but you don't you wouldn't look at that and go, oh yeah, that's one of the probably one of the good guys. You know, it's mm-hmm. yeah. it still has a it still uh, creates that feeling that these are the villains so there's you know really well crafted
1: yeah excuse me uh cameron do you think are there any satanic themes that that jump out to you with star wars
2: well are we sticking with the movies or the whole universe? the universe (laughs) as it is (laughs) okay for me the the one thing that i kept thinking about like trying to you know think of ideas for this is like the sith code I mean, of course, the Sith. You know, it, in and of themselves, I I feel that's always been you know pretty representative of Satanism. Just with their passion, it's it's about them. It's about being their own masters. Right. Um, but yeah, like the Sith code, just the whole setup of it. Um, I mean, breaking everything out, minus the Force, of course. Is, you know, right. The force, unfortunately, yeah. it's real. But just every part of it, it just it it resonates. I feel it resonates so well with you know the ideas of Satanism.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
2: I guess I could break it down if I need to. <laughs> not everybody knows the Sith Code.
1: <clears throat> yeah, that's actually a good point. Um, and really, the the Sith Code wasn't... It wasn't, like, formulated in, until, like, the Old Republic novels or comics, right?
2: Um, it it would have... Yeah, it would have been Knights of the Old Republic, um, the the original... Yeah, yeah so for line.
1: those of you who may not know, this is thousands of years before the movies in that Star yeah. Wars timeline. Um, you know, sort of the, the origin of the bad guys, as it were. That, that, yeah. And, you know, I mean, the Sith are brought up in the original movies. It's They, they were never fleshed out, which is right. why um, I think, you know, a lot of people connected with these bad guys. They didn't really understand why, except for the aesthetics and their presence on screen. As soon as you start codifying what they were, it's it's mm-hmm. really easy to be able to connect with it because again you know I always uh, thought of human beings as these emotional animals mm-hmm. we are literally controlled by our emotions and mm-hmm. that is down to the letter the the Sith code so uh, do you have it handy is it something you can uh, give us a couple uh, lines of
2: yeah of course I I got it tattooed on my head I know this stuff. <laughs> <It's>, uh... <laughs> He's not Uh, kidding people (laughs) No I'm not kidding I I literally have it Tattooed on the top Of my head Um, Yeah it's uh, Peace is a lie There is only passion Through passion I gain strength Through strength I gain power Through power I gain victory Through victory My chains are broken The force shall set me free
1: It's hard It's hard to hear that And think Those are bad guys (laughs) yeah. <laughs> like as a yeah, Satanist, exactly. that sounds so natural. You're like, of, of course, what what else would it possibly, you know, that's, it's such a, a connectable idea. It's something that you can uh, really identify. There's
0: another reason that, um, you know, we, I think, easily can go towards that side rather than the Jedi side is simply because, you know, like part of, of what the Jedi's represent is being a servant to the public. And, and, and mm. we don't serve. <laughs> yeah. We serve ourselves, you know. I think that's important um, to note, too. I mean, you know,
1: we're, we're really looking underneath what the movies are about and, and finding these little elements that connect with us with our life experience. But as a kid, though we watched these movies and we were connecting with the idea of the dark side, you still, at least, you know, I don't want to put words in your guys' mouth, I still championed the rebels and I still cheered for the mm-hmm. Jedis. It was an exciting thing. So, you know, there, there's that duality in man at play here where everyone loves the underdog, whether you identify yeah. with their codes or not. You love the, the, the hero's journey adventure you're watching before you but you still connect with these other parts of it and and i think you know extrapolating that to life itself you know as a satanist you don't always have to be dark and brooding and you know right in fact it's, it's antithetical to satanism to be that way we we cherish and we love life and and you know some of those ideas are represented in different ways in the star wars uh movies and and just sort of franchises as it were but yeah. um i i it doesn't stop you from being able to pull out pieces and just love those for what they are. Um, you know, part of what I really, really um, see as satanic in the Star Wars movies, and w- one thing why I never really made a distinction as a young man between light and dark sides of the Force and, you know, Jedi versus Sith, is that I always identified the whether it was obi-wan kenobi or whether it was darth vader they were fully realized human beings everyone else they were trying to be there or they were just sheep and they there's no they had no ambition of recognizing that the importance that they could have in their lives and the power and authority over their own lives but these two characters they they are self-identified they have Learned and continually learn. They they have mastered their own ability and honed it, and that as a young man is an inspiring idea. And as a Satanist, it is what I live for. It I I live to become fully actualized as a human being, right. a continuation of learning. So that hero's journey that Luke is going through, I paralleled with my experience in life of. Going through negative moments learning from them and going past them and always having goals that I'm chasing and achieving and Writing new goals down the line. It's it's this progression of what it means to be a human being that I connected um, In Star Wars with Satanism later on um, And though on the surface, you know, it's you know, it's it's geeky and it's you know playful and it's fun <laughs> but the reality is is uh, we assign meaning, meaning to fiction in our lives. Some people do it with sure. a Bible. Some people do it with, <laughs> um, uh, I, I don't know, whatever. I mean, Cameron, you said you knew people who actually took the idea of the Force and made a religion out of it, right? Yeah. It's,
2: there's literally a Jedi religion. <laughs> so it's, it's insane.
1: It's weird that we, you know, we, we're thinking it's insane, but... We are yeah, members of a religion that was codified in 1966. <laughs> oh,
2: that, that, is, that is true. And it is one of those religions where it's just, eh, we're doing this because we can. And then it, yeah. like, they ended up doing some texts, if I remember correctly, and actually got it recognized as a religion.
0: So then uh, is there is there a Sith temple? I know there's a Jedi, but is there a Sith
2: version? Oh, I, I sure hope so. Is there really a <laughs> Jedi temple?
0: We should start that one. Yes, yeah, so, yeah, so we, we need to talk later. I, I'd be, I'd
1: just be careful between satanic and Sith temple because that's a little close oh, yeah. to uh, some that's, some that's, douchebags out there. We're all douchebags, <laughs> right? We don't need it no, to We more. are not them. Yeah, no. Um, it's it's always you know in in times of like the grotto system, it would have been perfect. You know, sort mm-hmm. of a fun way of connecting with with Satanism and um in a group setting too. Yeah. Uh, but it, it's not going to stop anyone from identifying and, and loving what it is now and, and connecting
0: with their own lives. Um, you know, I, I wanted to add too that uh, as far as, uh, you know, that um, attachment to Satanism, while we may not necessarily look at him as a Satanic figure all the time, the the character that I was always drawn most to, and, and it will always be my favorite is Han Solo, and Han is a good representation of somebody who, you know, has lived for lived the way he wants to live and for himself, and he does things the way he wants to do them, and he, you know, has gotten along with just one companion for a long time. Now, while we do see him kind of make a turn, he makes a turn towards people he loves. You know, it's not uh, it's not necessarily so much self-sacrificing as as it is you know we satanists can recognize that when you do something for someone you love it's it can still be um for yourself as well because it makes you feel on the inside or whatever and, and i just think that han solo kind of is a good representation he doesn't really buy into the religious stuff um he does his own thing he sees things his own way but you know you you can't help but love him you know yeah. he's He's just and, he, and on top of that I mean he's just he's just cool you're just drawn to him when I was a kid um, you know I had an older cousin and I had a younger brother and when we played Star Wars if, if, if I was playing with my cousin since he was older he got to be Han Solo and, and that made me mad because I had to be Luke <laughs> but when my brother my brother had to be Luke because I wanted to be Han and I was older so you know Han was always for me he was always the cooler one and, and the one that you know that got drawn into
1: yeah, Luke was always a pussy in the first movie, like s- <laughs> just a straight up puss. In the Which actually one, yeah.
0: follow his aesthetic, and he and you can see actually you can you can visually see the change from you know the white robe to the gray fatigues to the black outfit you know in yeah. the in the original movies you know so the aesthetics again he he yeah. figured it out. Fucking by the time Return <laughs> of Jedi came around, Luke was the man. Like oh, yeah. he was
1: just I. I wanted to be him in that movie. Of course, I love having my hand, but I I mean, he was so (laughs) fucking cool in that. Like he stood up to anyone, even if he didn't want to. And, you know, I uh, 100% it's not painfully obvious to those who aren't aware of what Satanism is. But I think you're absolutely right about Han Solo. He is the iconic doing it for your own reasons, no matter what. It's not, you know, like Princess Leia, she's she's so altruistic and it's for everyone else and blah blah blah. Exactly. He's he doesn't care. Like he's out for individual experience. He's trying to nail that princess. He's trying to, you know, (laughs) getting out of these debts that uh, the empire had uh, put him into. He's, He's trying to work through survival. And I think that's a really important idea, just survival as a Satanist. You know, there's a lot of different religions out there that they focus on, well, put your life in something else's hands. Mm-hmm. And we say, no, we control our lives. We are our own gods yeah, yeah. Or, or demons. And we will be the ones to pick us up if we need to be picked up. And we will recognize when we don't. Han Solo is a, a direct reflection.
0: Yeah, he, says, he says, says very clearly, I'm in it for one reason, me. Yeah. You know, and so that's, that's the perfect example there, and.
1: And it is important for people to, to truly understand. You know, uh, Madison Dutramia released this really wonderful essay that's actually on ChurchofSatan.com right now, My Dark Satanic Love, and it talks about uh, Satanists and the importance of love in Satanism. And for those who aren't aware, it, it may sound counterintuitive, but if your entire existence is wrapped around emotion and passion and drive, as Satanists are, it makes perfect sense that choosing sure. those to love would have a powerful impact on on how you move through life and, and yeah. the goals that you end up making and sometimes compromising on for the sake of other people. So it's an important thing to understand. Just because you're saying this doesn't mean you have to hate everyone or that you can't love anyone. You know, those are sort of uh, pre-first phase ideas that Hollywood have ingrained in our culture. It's not reality.
2: Right. Uh, Cameron, That's did you have anything else you wanted discuss? to discuss? Oh.
1: Is anything else you wanted uh, to add to this?
2: I I think we pretty much covered everything that I was gonna say. <laughs> like <laughs> the whole Hans Solo thing. I mean that's I Hans <laughs> wanted to be when I grew up. I mean yeah, he doesn't play with stickers or anything, but you yeah, just his demeanor and just how he lived. I was like, I I I should do that. <laughs> Swagger
1: his wit, yeah. Yeah. It was awesome. Um, all right, well, let's 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 uh, move on to this next section, how we individually connect with Star Wars, and I want to hand it off to Cameron to tell us about how he connects first.
2: Hello, what have we here? Oh, okay, well, uh, just... For example, with this week alone, uh, got to go to a Weird Al concert because I'm a part of a costuming organization called the 501st Legion. Uh, Basically, we're all the bad guys in Star Wars, like stormtroopers. So cool. Yeah. uh, Oh, it's it's horrible. I I don't even like to admit how much I've put into costumes. Uh, Yeah, it's it's a charity organization uh, that I do a lot of stuff with. Uh, We focus like on you know make a wish uh toys for tots stuff like that um, and we'll do various charities uh, like actually about two weeks ago i did one uh to raise some funds for this kid that's going through um, heart surgery basically we just dress up like plastic spaceman and <laughs> make people's day yeah uh, then last night i actually because uh, i also help work on fan films um, last night, I got to go to... Uh, I went to a, a cast and crew screening of uh, Legacy of the Force. It's a fan film that I was working on a, about a year and a half ago. Uh, I was doing set design and stuff. Uh, so, yeah, there, there's that. I, basically, Star Wars is everything. Like, if, I, if I'm if i not working and if I've got even a spare, I'm, I'm reading or playing the video games or watching it mm. one way or another. Wow. Just, yeah, horrible. <laughs> they, there's a
1: lot in that, and I, I want to delve in um, a little bit deeper, especially on some of the other episodes, but how did you first get into the 501st? When, when you first hear about it and when you first dive in?
2: Oh, let's see. I think it would have been... Uh, it was what, Yeah, it was when the first episode of the Robot Chicken Star Wars came out. <laughs> That's uh, awesome. And, and, so I'm, I'm watching all the special features and all that and like oh so there's people that dress up like this that's that's pretty sweet um and then as luck would have it probably about a week later one of my clients i was working on was actually in the legion and that's when i found out there was a part of the club out here in utah and so immediately you know found the website signed up and yeah, it's just really, really went with it. I was like, ah, you know, I'll just, I'll kind of keep an eye on it just that way I can at least see these people. And then, yeah, that turned into I was becoming one of those people. And I've got uh, about four costumes now that I'm working on. Nice. Yeah. What
1: was your first costume?
2: Uh, well, the first costume still not even done. Uh, my first <laughs> costume was a, a Thai pilot. Oh, like, wow yeah i i love those just the way they look like it's yeah. so much more menacing than a stormtrooper minus yeah. the armor of course um so that one it's still a work in progress uh first one i actually finished got approved was a snowtrooper so of course this is a,
1: eh, that's favorite cool.
2: movie that's what i should start with hell yeah um since then i've done a uh an imperial officer um Working on a Shadow Trooper, which is from the comics. Um, nice. Working on a custom Mandalorian, and also a fun one that's not a part of the file First. Actually, part of the Rebel Legion, which is the good guys, of course. Um, I'm working on a Wilro Hood, the ice cream maker guy.
1: I have no <laughs> idea what that is. Oh, really? <laughs>
2: yeah. You, okay. Uh, uh, when Bespin's like being destroyed or whatever, uh, or not being destroyed, but rather like everybody's getting taken off. There's like a 6 second clip of this dude with this big bushy mustache, huge gut and he's running around with an ice cream maker. Uh-huh. Really? It, yeah. yeah. You'll have to look it up look up Will Rohon. I was watching serious... Empire Strikes back again, <laughs> Yeah, it's like seriously like for 6 seconds of screen time I think and he's actually got a huge following in the in the Rebel region.
1: Oh, how funny. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Um, all right, so Dorian, how uh, how do you connect with Star Wars?
0: Uh, well, um, I do a lot of art, of course, and um, oh yeah, I, I actually I was just uh, uh, let's see, Friday night I was just actually at a, a Star Wars burlesque show with uh, um, someone who's been on your show, uh, Jimmy Gunn from the Jimmy Psycho Experiment. I love that man! Uh, yeah, they were they were playing there, and it was. Uh, uh, this amazing Star Wars burlesque show, and, and I was uh, selling uh, prints of, you know, Star Wars art, of course, that I do. So, you know, that's probably obviously my most, I, I I will say that I have pamphlets on the 501st. I've been wanting to join for a long time, but it's just, uh it. I have to pick my hobbies and money <laughs> where yeah. they're going, you know, but I, I probably will eventually, but Um, right now yeah i I do a lot of drawing um different and paintings i do a lot of especially probably more star wars things than anything actually because i get a lot of custom orders for it um and of course tattoos Uh, i have a few i've got a i've got a stormtrooper i've got han luke and leia tattooed on my arm um and so, uh, and and I still, of course, do. I even <laughs> briefly mentioned. I, I don't know. You probably saw this, Adam. I know you were. You at least started to read my my book about tattoos. And one of the, for whatever reason, I just felt it was necessary to mention. I summed up my um, my childhood as I was born here. I saw Star Wars three times in 1977, and then I went to high school. You know, I, <laughs> I, I, I thought, felt that was an important part for me to put in there. So, <laughs> but, Yeah. Uh,
1: I want to uh, toss out a a little plug here. Both of you are really talented artists. You're both tattoo artists as well. Um, Oh, okay. Where where do you – can people pick up? Can they see your art uh, for the the Star Wars prints that you were just talking about? Where can they go to see more about
0: that? Yeah. Probably the best for me is uh, on either Facebook or even, I even post it on Instagram um, under Art of Wallace, W A L L A C E. So, like, Facebook.com slash Art of Wallace or just on Instagram, Art of Wallace. Uh, I post this stuff there.
1: Really, really great artwork. So, um, you. you have some uh, really great tattoos on you. Cameron, we already mentioned you have the Sith code on your head. Do you have any other yes. Star
2: Wars tattoos? Um, yeah, I've I've also got the Imperial cog on the back of my head. Um, my nice. TKID, which is the number you get when you join the 500 first. Yeah. got that underneath the cog. Um, I've got let's see uh, C3PO, my tie helmet, uh, Dark Side Yoda, and, and Darth <laughs> Maul tattooed on my leg. So, nice. <laughs> little long, little long. Hell yeah. It's hard to get tattooed when you're a tattoo artist. I've yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, I'm at work. I could get a tattoo.
1: Oh, wait. I should probably work instead. Yeah. <laughs> Make some money. Damn it.
0: I do that <laughs> all the time. You just take it for granted, and people say, yeah, "Do you just tattoo yourself all the time?" I'm like, "Nah." <laughs> I take it for granted. I'm around this stuff all the time. Yeah. Damn. Well, I don't have any uh, Star Wars tattoos. Um, well, you do. What's that?
1: You do, then. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I'm not entirely sure. I have this, you wouldn't know it from this episode, but I have this inner shame about connecting with things like Star Wars. Like, I I, I can't, help. I don't know where it comes from. I, I don't know what it is, but I feel so just geeky and stupid. I don't ever really let anyone know in my professional or real-world life about, you know, things that I'm really, really geeky and passionate about unless I find out that they are in that, too, and then I will go
0: crazy with them over it. Um, Now, I know this from experience from texting you that after, like, two or three messages, you felt too nerdy and had to go balls deep to to get over it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I can't... I, I don't know where it comes from. I just have this horrible shame. So I would never get, like, a Star Wars tattoo just because of that shame that... And I don't even... I don't, I don't know where it comes from. It's it's counter to how I feel. But like I used to, um, right when I got out of the military, and this was over know, fucking 13 years ago or something, um, I, I met some people here locally that played a, a role-playing game called Star Wars. And mm-hmm. so I hung out with them for a couple months, and uh, he started getting into the local 501st as well. And I just stopped because I couldn't take the... And here's here's probably what it is. The type of people that connect with this stuff are the geekiest and dorkiest people I've ever met in my life. You guys excluded, of course. (laughs) And I, I, I say that because there is a difference between and I've spoken to this before earlier in the show. There's a difference between people who love what Star Wars is and then there's. A then there's like this other type of person, and there, of course there's big wide ranges within these. But there's this other person who doesn't shower, and yeah,
0: yeah, they know.
1: just live in the basement, and they're just a, a level of nerd that I am embarrassed to be associated with.
0: The smell like Comic Con uh, is horrible. Oh.
2: <laughs> See, that's why I'm glad anytime I go, I have a helmet on. Anything except for my own phone, and I can do that.
1: <laughs> and so I, I and maybe that's where it's part of the embarrassment and shame comes from because I don't I don't want to say I love Star Wars and you know, I have these Star Wars mugs and you know I, I have these little toys that my kids buy me and I, I put them on my desk I don't want to say that because then people are gonna think of those other gross monsters out there,
0: right? I <laughs> think right. Oh, uh, you're one of them Revenge of the nerds.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I just I don't want to be associated with that so badly that it, it actually makes me embarrassed to love what I love. <laughs> it's weird. I don't know. Um, but, you know, I like I love Satanism and it's a part of who and what I am and I have tons of Satanic tattoos and I could completely see getting an Imperial Cog, you know, next to one of my Sigil of Vafnits or maybe, you know, a play of, you know, a version of the Sigil of Vafnit with the Imperial Cog on it or Ooh. something like that. I think it would be pretty cool. I think Ooh, I need well, to draw
0: something.
1: Is, yeah. <laughs> so that would be I could see something like that or you know and, and then you know maybe in the future having Daniel Bird do a custom wall plaque of it or something.
0: Uh, I, I think cool. it's it might be easier for some of us like you know I used to do a, a show with another friend of mine that was kind of all related to this kind of stuff but we were both into tattoos and we were both musicians and bands and I think once you're doing something that is <laughs> Culturally or not uh, It seems really cool You know like to to the public You know tattoo artist that's really cool mm-hmm. And that kind of gives you a freedom To say yeah I'm a diehard Star Wars nerd and they go yeah, yeah That's um, cool you know because you don't come across Like the you know the Yeah that's the, that's
2: the first thing people see When they walk into my booth They're Like that's all I've got is just Star Wars paintings and drawings that I've done pretty much They're like oh so you like Star Wars And it's like no what's that <laughs> <laughs> I would punch someone in the face. <laughs> you know, I
1: worked with a girl who had never seen the no, movies. like uh, ne- uh, she's a grown-up. She's has never I, I could not wrap my head around it. You could hate them, and I would understand it more than never having seen them.
2: Oh, um, absolutely.
1: It blew yep. my mind. It's like this, is, this changed cinema.
2: From the, <laughs> no.
1: from the day it was released to now, it has permeated human culture globally. You cannot go anywhere without understanding whether you really get the characters or not. You could pick them out of a lineup. Mm-hmm. And you've never seen a fucking movie? Like, how is that even possible?
0: No, yeah, that's I, crazy. I it doesn't make sense to me.
1: Uh, so I, I couldn't respect her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I wanted her to be fired. I didn't. I hated her, her from that moment on. I just, I I don't punch women, but I wanted to punch this woman and like it just. Like it, you're not even a full
0: human being.
1: Yeah, you <laughs> you can't. This has been such a huge part of my youth, and you don't. You are completely ignorant about. It. Like ah, you you're an alien that I must destroy right now. <laughs> so weird. Uh, this has been a lot of fun, guys. Uh, uh, yeah. And this is great. You know, we're going to, of course, this was the very first introductory episode to this series. So it's a little more dusting over some of the topics, um, though we did talk for an hour here about it we're going to go much more in depth about some of these elements in future episodes. If you did enjoy this, uh, I highly recommend tuning in. And of course, after the new movie is released, uh, the force awakens, I'm sure we are going to, uh, our heads <clears throat> are going to explode and our pants, our shorts are going to have to be changed. So, <laughs> it's yeah, going to yeah. be <clears throat> Pretty damn cool. So I look forward uh, to speaking, uh, more with you guys, November 29th about the hero's journey. And then after the movie in January and in May. So, uh, Dorian, Cameron, thank you both yeah. so much for joining me. Well, thanks for having
0: us. This, this has been yeah. great. Thank you very much. All right. Well,
1: until we can chat again, until November, hail Satan! Hail, hail Satan! Satan.